this gathering, this feast, is a very special expression of a spiritual insight of Saint Jose Maria. Be faithful and you'll see great things. Dream and your dreams will fall short. This church is a relic. In 1988, on the feast of the founding or the the enlightenment Saint Jose Maria received to extend the work to women and also a light to incorporate priests into Opus Day. Don Alvaro at that time was approached would you like to make a pilgrimage after a long day of gatherings and get-togethers? And the vicar in Chicago, Father Bill Stetson, said probably there'll be a mob scene up the block at Queen of All Saints. Why don't we go to another church and I'll assure you no one will be in that church because the church was in total disrepair. I guess the simple phrase is, it was condemned. It was a cold winter evening. They rang the doorbell and the pastor let them in. And he prayed the rosary, he prayed three parts of the rosary. Unbeknownst to anyone, he petitioned Our Lady, he begged Our Lady that this big church someday be entrusted to priests of Opus Dei. A few years later, one of the Americans living in Rome at the time showed him a photograph of the interior of the church, partially restored. And he made it abundantly clear I prayed, I made a pilgrimage, and asked Our Lady to entrust that church to the priests of the work. And in imitation of Blessed Alvaro, I could tell I'm getting older, my long-term memory is much better than my short-term, and now I'm talking about almost four decades ago, Temperamentally, educationally, he was very much an engineer, and he'd be pretty predictable. And he would invariably, when there would be a gathering on a big feast day in the center that prepared people for the priesthood, almost 200 people, teachers, directors, staff, students. He said, we need to give thanks to our Lord for all his blessings. And then almost in a sense summarizing the first reading and the gospel and the, the, the Spanish word, it's hard to translate accurately into English. He said, let's tell our Lord that we want to entregarnos. And I guess the best way to 
translated is to give ourselves, and maybe the more literal way is to lay down our lives. And then very much a down-to-earth person, and then he would say, okay, my sons, now make a concrete resolution. Let's not just express good desires, let's get it down to concrete resolution. His feast has a lot of personal connotations for people in Chicago because of his witness and because of favors and miracles he's worked. If I don't go too long, I'll bring them up at the end. But I think what he'd want us to focus on, and just as a little bit of a comparison or a frame of reference, Analogously speaking, I see Blessed Alvaro a little bit as a, as a Saint Therese, in the sense that his life, his love was extraordinary. He laid down his life, but always through the medium of the ordinary. So ordinary that I seldom remembered anybody who knew St. Jose Maria who would elaborate on Alvaro del Portillo. Maybe a phrase, yeah, he was in the background helping Jose Maria, but very little mentioned about Alvaro. What would emerge is how faithful he was in following our Lord. How faithful he was to the gospel applied that we call the spirit of Opus Dei. And the reason why I compare him a little bit to St. Therese, because of her explosive fruitfulness as a consequence of this deep love through the ordinary. It was surrealistic for me, because I, I saw him frequently for three years. I knew him. I spoke to him. And he was, personality-wise, kind of laid back, self-effacing. I couldn't, I didn't connect the dots. I didn't say to myself, well, one day a half a million people are going to come to Madrid to attend his beatification. But nevertheless, we connect the dots. If we follow Christ and are faithful, whether we see the results or not, in many instances he did not, And many times he would talk about the cross and say, this is not a sign of failure, it's a sign of success in terms of God's wisdom. For me, he set the tone. And I'm grateful that I was a naive young American then. Ignorance is bliss. I got corrected after this. I wasn't feeling too well, and it was Sunday, it was, I was suffering jet lag, I don't know, I, maybe I caught a bug, and I couldn't, I had to leave this basketball game, and I was, I was getting picked on a little bit, being an American and not finishing the game, and these guys were far into basketball, they wouldn't let me play soccer. And someone said, well, in Opus Dei, the head of Opus Dei is called the father, because... Opus Dei is a family. 
And one of the guys said, you know, the father is going to drive through because he had his quarters. He was working out too. His way of working out was playing bocce or taking a 10-minute walk, whatever. Anyway, so he was driving through. So I said, well, let's cut to the chase. I'm going to stop his car and introduce myself to him. See, in Europe, there's a lot of formality there, and you follow a protocol. So I stopped him. I was not, I was dressed in my basketball attire, kind of sweaty. And he had a big, he got a big kick out of that. And my first reaction was, kind of likes, he likes me a lot. He doesn't even know me. Big smile on his face, asking questions about U.S., asking about people. He remembered that someone celebrated his birthday and wanted to know how he was doing because he just celebrated his birthday. He mentioned something, a few inc incidents about the apostles of Opus Dei among the women. He was happy about that. He traced the cross on my forehead. And he said, let me ask you a question. Do you know the recipe of how to be happy? I was just saying yes, 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 yes to everything. See, see. It was the only word I knew. And some kind soul said, hey, you, he's asking you a question. Do you know the recipe of how to be happy? So I, I frowned at him. Not really. He said, well, let me tell you. And I have this translator. He says, pray a lot. Love our Lord a lot. And you'll be very happy. And they traced the, far, the cross again. And then I found out, it's a detail, that when he went back to his, 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 his center, he said, oh my, he was very happy because I was the first one to arrive because I wanted to learn the language and get a little head start for the school year. He said, I, I met the first person. I met the, the young American. And that kind of set the tone for me. I'd be lying to you if I said the first time I saw him, one day I'm going to attend his beatification. I'm going to use his shoes as relics. And everybody is eager. Well, what's, what's a saint like? I mean, the church definitely is he's beatified is because he's a role model for the whole church. I would say... Because charity is like that. I would say the compelling impression was somebody self-effacing, someone almost apologizing for being father, because he could always, as I said, he was an engineer, he'd say the same thing often, that it's all about the light St. Jose Maria. It wasn't St. Jose Maria, he'd call him our father. Light our father received. And we need to be very faithful to our Lord by living this gospel applied that we call the spirit of the word. And I would say it was joy and peace. And the experience was I could really open up to this person because some, for some reason he really likes me. And he'd always be inquiring. Case in point that I've told this before, 
Because the church is saying, there's an example of how to live that new commandment to love with the heart of Christ. It was a time he was having meetings with John Paul, getting him prepared for his trip to Mexico, and he was helping him. Never mentioned that, but we all concluded that that's what he was doing. He helped John Paul prepare his consecration to Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I was working in a center for young people contiguous to headquarters, which had the mortal remains of St. Jose Maria. And that day I, just, I wanted to do some meditating in front of his mortal remains. And I said to myself, I hope I don't run into the father because, you know, he has bigger fish, fish to fry. I mean, he's dealing with the Pope, preparing him for his trip to Mexico. And he was going every day for about a week. So I walk in, and as my luck would have it, he was coming in out of another door, and he wanted to know what I was doing. I said, almost said, I don't know. He said, come over here. He wanted to know if I was eating well because of the symbolic breakfast we would have in Rome. I mean, it does a job on your system if you're not used to that. And late night suppers. And he said, you want to know how that was going? I told him, food's great, no problem. And he wanted to know if I was writing to my parents. He wanted to know the kind of job I had. We all had jobs. I was a landscaper. They didn't know what else to do with me. And, uh, and then he said, you're an elegant young man. Now, there's a little... I said, I like your... Your jacket had a sports jacket with about a thousand different colors, with little hairy furs coming out of it. That's probably why the Lord called me to the priesthood. And he said, you're very elegant. I like that jacket. So when I got back to my house, they were trying to tell me to get rid of that jacket because I'm calling a lot of attention to myself. And I said, well, he likes it. The father likes it. I'm keeping it. And this person in charge said, he doesn't count. He likes you too much. He's biased. You could dress like a clown and he'll think you're elegant. And so that compelling, his love was very much in those details. Third point and last point What's crystal clear because it was Marian year for Opus Day for a lot of reasons. I mean, a number of things were on the horizon: the beatification of Saint Jose Maria, the Opus Day would get the final canonical configuration. There was probably remote thought of starting centers, which would become a reality about ten years later in the communist countries. And he was praying up a storm and inviting us to say many aspirations to Our Lady. And he, would, he came up with a phrase called the password. And he said the password was a special phrase you want to say to Our Lady. And in his own inimitable way, he would sneak out of the house, and sneak literally, but sneak out of the house and do a pilgrimage a couple of times a week because he knew that he needed Our Lady's help to accomplish all this work of evangelization he was promoting. 
And always that idea, because he would say this often, I'm just a poor man, sinful man, and so I really need Our Lady's help. Maybe a resolution to make as we wrap this up is pray to him. And I remember him saying about St. Jose Maria, pray to him for important things like growth and holiness. And I first-hand witness, I'm not going to mention names, but there's a pair of his shoes in my closet, which I had forgotten about. I was there for almost 20, almost 20 years, or over 20 years, because he bought, this is very mundane, but he bought a new pair of shoes, and he discarded his old ones. Someone retrieved them and said, these will be relics one day. Someone made some makeshift prayer cards, and one young lady was in a, she was septic and she was in a coma and was cured. Another person, her lungs and liver was teeming with melanoma tumors and was totally cured and is alive this day after 10 years. God rest his soul, even his eminence wanted to be part of devotion to, say, to Alvaro del Portillo. And I'm morally certain he helped Cardinal George in his own struggle and effort to identify himself with Jesus Christ on the cross. Let's finish up imitating Alvaro del Portillo, telling the Lord through the intercession of, the Ma of Mary, I want to give myself. But at the same time, after saying that, let's come up with a concrete resolution. Blessed Alvaro, pray for us.